Welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, Episode 7. I'm Emily Minton. And I'm Reverend Ronald Flores. And on today's episode, we'll discuss another tarot card, when, how, and why to cleanse your house, the uses of clear quartz and kyanite, in our new segment called Psychic Games. Let's get started. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind everyone to please go on to our social media platforms, YouTube, wherever you're listening to this podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever that may be, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages and like subscribe, review. That helps us to get our name out there to other people. It, it helps our, um, when, when people are, are searching for podcasts, it puts our name up there towards the top. It we puts could, us in the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. So that would really, really help us out if you guys could go in there and um, review or like or subscribe, whatever the application is asking you to do. Yes, we are begging at this point. <laughs> Um, to please do that. We do have our own websites with the um, Outside the Crystal Ball podcast link to those websites. So um, if you go to RevRonaldFlores.com or BlackCreekParanormal.com and you click on podcasts, I think that's what it is uh-huh. on your page too. Yeah. So if you click on podcast, you'll find this podcast. There's many ways to find us. Instagram, Facebook, all that that you just said. So if you guys can, please like, share, subscribe, comment. Interact with us. We want the interaction. We um, soon we're we're hoping to have people on the, the show to do different things and have people call in and all kinds of stuff. So stick around and grow with us and just have fun in the process. Yeah. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about. Um, and we're happy to incorporate that into our show. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get started today with our tarot card for the week for okay. the episode. Today's tarot card is the sun card. In this card, there is a child. I guess I shouldn't have got holographic cards. Huh? I love the holographic <laughs> they are cards. Nice. Um, there is a child on a horse or a unicorn or I think in some of them, it's actually a unicorn. But in this one, it's actually a horse. In this card, you see a lot happening. But the overall meaning of this is just happiness. Activating that childish energy within living life, not worrying, not stressing, but it also symbolizes balance too. Um, in, in that uh, the child is, is outside of a uh, brick gate or whatever that is, the wall. And behind that wall is the everyday struggles that we deal with. And they're leaving that behind temporarily to have a little bit of fun. So if you ever draw this card, just know that whatever area we're talking about, again, if we're talking about money, it may symbolize for you to have a little fun with it. Maybe look at it from another view. If you're trying to save something, um, maybe there's another way that it can be done. So overall, just have fun with it. Have fun with life. And uh, that's basically what that card means. There's, uh, again, the colors are yellow and orange and white, representing the sacral chakra, representing solar plexus and the crown chakra. So a couple different aspects of your spiritual path are included in this card. Um, overall, a really fun card. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a really pretty one. It is really nice, and I love the sunflowers in this too. Um, what do they represent? Just life, yeah, new growth, things like that. That's it's, it's card. so intriguing to me that you can remember all of these things. You've been doing it so long that you are so good at at seeing every piece of symbolism. It, yeah. it literally, I I told you earlier while we were preparing for this, I Google everything, and so I have to Google what do the sunflowers mean. 
what does the sun mean? And it's it's a lot to learn, but I think I'm picking up on it. You're teaching me a lot. Yeah. And if you notice too, those sunflowers are fully grown, right? And there's a child in front of that representing balance between being an adult and being a child, right? We can all be a child. We can all have fun. We can all activate that inner childness within us. Um, but we have to remember that at the end of the day, we have things that need to be taken care of too. So it's about that balance. Nice. Thank you. I'm learning so much from that. Um, what we're going to start talking about is we're going to move into talking about how to cleanse your house, why to cleanse your house, because we get, I know I have a lot of friends who will ask about that. And it's something that I've done for several of my friends already. And how would you, someone know? And I know I have my, my response to this. I want to know your thoughts. How do people know when it's time to cleanse their house that they should sage their home? There's a couple different ways. Uh, the, the main one being that if you walk into your house, it's supposed to be a place of security. It's supposed to be a place of having fun. It's supposed to be a place of all different things, right? If you feel, <laughs> we can hear dogs. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my dog. <laughs> if you feel that your house seems too cluttered with energy. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy. That's the word. It's probably time to go ahead and, and cleanse it, spiritually speaking, but also physically speaking, too, because if you try to spiritually cleanse on the physical side, you may look at all of the stuff around you and think, I really need to organize this, too. If that's the case, I would recommend physically decluttering and, and cleansing, spring cleaning, and then spiritually after that, start um, cleansing. Yeah. I think that's, and I also, anytime it feels heavy, yes. But also if I start to see several things happening in a row that are negative to me, I will cleanse my house because I, it, it may not have anything to do but it may, with it, but it makes me feel better. It makes me feel lighter and maybe it, it, it kind of puts a positive spin back into things. It, it kind of helps me to ground and um, smudging using sage has been something that's been done for, for centuries you know, mm -hmm. through Native American culture. Mm -hmm. And studies recently have proven that it is, sage is a great, the smoke from medicinal plants like that are great for antibacterial. It kills negative ions in your house. It can kill bacteria. It can improve your sleep. It can make you less anxious. Um, these are studies that have been done scientifically. And you guys know how much I I I put into those those pieces of evidence. I'm very analytically, I, th I think very analytically, as do you, that it's, so if science can kind of back up some of these claims that people have been doing for hundreds, if not mm -hmm. thousands of mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. that says something. Um, so anytime I'm feeling, just feeling blah, feeling yuck, I'll sage the house. Yeah, and if there's other people in the house and you notice that your bickering is up mm -hmm. and you're just getting annoyed easily, you know, if it's not something else, then maybe it could be something spiritual and that would be a really good time to maybe um, look into cleansing. And you offer that as a service. I do. I can come, I'll come and cleanse your house for you. Um, and we'll talk about kind of the process that I go through. I use sage and I use Palo Santo. I do kind of a, a double whammy on it. Do you use, are there any other uh, medicinal smokes that you use? No, but there are other tools. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, there's other tools, right. but those are the two that I burn. Oh, burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only do Palo Santos if there's something that I feel is negative, like really negative. Most of the time, sage can take care of it. Uh, you just have to be really careful about burning sage because obviously you don't want to burn down your house. That would be bad. Uh, so be extremely careful when using it. Sometimes you can actually just you know, run it through kind of your home's aura, so to speak, and kind of cleanse it that way. If you can't handle, because that's another thing too, medically, you want to make sure that you can handle the smoke. Uh, You want to be extremely careful about sage. If you just are out of options, you can also spray. That's another tool that maybe we'll talk about in just a minute. But there are other uh, methods that you can use besides smudging if you can't medically do it for whatever reason. For the smoke, yeah. And I also recommend, like I have, dogs here i put them outside when i do this i usually will do that when i'm here by myself i don't have my kids in the house just because it does get smoky smelling right you know it does linger for a while personally i like to to use the sage i like to burn sage recently i just introduced both of us to the uh instant cones which yeah, i didn't did. even think about because they are made from sage mm-hmm. and sage oil and things like that so another great alternative if you're if you love incense because these smell a lot better than sage like sage doesn't necessarily stink stink but it's strong it's a heavy smell it yeah. is <laughs> it is and it does almost have a like marijuana sort of of scent to it so warm people yeah <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, there, and it, again, if you can't use it, there are other things that you can use, but yeah, I personally like to use the sage and I like to start, are we getting into that yet? Yeah. I was just going to remind them before you start, actually, before you even light it to set good intention. This mm-hmm. is something that needs to be done with, a, you know, and you're going to hear this repeated throughout our podcast as, as long as we do this set good intentions be you know do everything that you do do it with a pure heart do it with mm-hmm. positive intentions you know um we're not necessarily chasing things out of your house you're just cleaning the air you're cleaning right. the energy that's there right yeah so go ahead how do you because everybody is going to to do it differently okay there's you know what i mean i don't necessarily think there's a right way and a wrong way um as much as i have read on this over the last several years I don't know if I've come across the same way to sage twice to clean your house. Um, There's a couple of things that are the same here and there. How do you do it? I do like the routine behind how I do it. And I do it mostly the same for everyone. The base of it is the same. If there's different entities or energies there, obviously I'll need more tools or whatever. But the base of it is that I basically just walk into the house and I stay by the front door. And I sense the energies that are happening in the house. What's going on? You know, I'll get impressions. I'll see residual energies that I'll tap into. I get a feel for the house energetically and physically. I will ask the owner if there's anything that they wanted, you know, taken care of specifically, if they're sensing anything. It's basically building up right to to a point. And I ask them where the furthest room from the house or from the front door is. And that's the room I always start in. So when I start, I usually put energy into the room and then I cleanse out anything that they don't want. And I'm not doing this with sage yet. Um, I do that with with um, kind of like a Reiki energy for those are, that are familiar with Reiki and how that works. I put energy into the room, cleanse out anything that they don't want in there. And then I do that for every single room until I get back to the front door, right? I start from the furthest room and I work my way to the front door mm-hmm. and push the energy out that they don't want there. To refill the space, 
that's where the sage comes in. And I like to cleanse out any residual energies or whatever. Sage is just like the next level up to make sure that we are cleansed. And I, again, go to the room and I start from the furthest room in the house and I work my way to the door and I sweep it right out the door. Let's say that there's an energy there that is just too strong for Sage. And that could happen. Maybe there's a a spirit there that just doesn't want to leave. It doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Whatever the case is, that's when I'll break out my my other tools. The next tool that I use before I get to the Palo Santo, because I use that as a last resort, are crystals and stones, which we're actually talking about today. The two that we're actually (laughs) talking about today are the two that I use. Um, but I use those stones and I go back through the room and I kind of wave them through the room and I put them in each corner of those rooms and make sure that you're completely, I also too, as the minister that I am, I like to bless the space. So I do the crosses on windows and doorways to make sure that they're blessed. And then pretty much after that's done, I'm done. Unless there is just something there that I can't cleanse. That's when we break in the Palo Santos and we burn that or, you know, whatever. And then I always recommend to the client that if they need to, they can burn certain incense for certain reasons or whatever to kind of fill that space. Like if they wanted to be creative, there's a certain incense for that. If they wanted to just feel good, there's patchouli. You know, there's a lot of different things. Maybe we should do an incense segment, too. So there's a lot of different things that you can use to kind of put in the space um, what you want, your intent. What mm-hmm. what 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 are you refilling the space with? My stomach is growling. Um, and that's basically how I do it. How do you do it? So I always start with, well, I start by opening the windows. Not every window, but make one per room because it is such a heavy, smoky feeling. And I feel like that gives the energy places to escape. Oh. So I start in the front door and I move clockwise through the house. So rather than like you're starting in the back and pushing it through, I'm kind of pushing it through in a clockwise motion. Same same result, just a different motion. And I just kind of, you want to make sure I, well, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. I feel the energy in the house. I feel the energy in the area. For example, if I'm doing my house, I'm going to walk through the rooms. I'm going to feel where it's super heavy versus it's not so bad. And we're going to make sure we spend some extra uh, time working with the energy in that room. Then I'll go to the front door. I'll light my sage and I will walk through the house. You want to be careful. And and something I pay careful attention to, as do you, is going into the closets, going behind Mm -hmm. the shower curtain, going into Mm -hmm. the little nooks and crannies that you may not think about. But I, um, I almost do a perimeter of the room, hitting the corners, Mm -hmm. especially hard with the, with the sage. Now, it's important to have some sort of container that's fireproof to catch the the ambers and the ashes in because it is not, I'm not going to say it's dangerous to use sage, but you want to be careful. It's fire. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to burn your house down, like you said. Right. The normal <laughs> container is usually an abalone right. shell. But which, it doesn't have to be. But it doesn't have to be. And that has holes in it anyway. So yeah. use what you feel, what what's safe and what you feel is good. I you. have a different shell that I use. It's not an abalone shell. It's just a shell I found on the beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really you is. You can use a clay pot. I mean, anything that's not, that that's fireproof just to catch those ambers as they fall. And um, you want the smoke to to get into every corner. So you see, like I've seen people on TV using feathers mm-hmm. and things like that, which is fine. I use my hand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be anything fancy. And I'll get into every corner, you know, every wall, every nook and cranny, window sills. Um, and then when I get back to the front door, we've kind of shooed that energy out. I leave my windows open for a little bit longer. Just again, it's strong smoke. 
Um, but it lets the energy out. Now, once I'm done with that, if it's a new home I'm doing, somebody that's not done this ever before, I wouldn't necessarily do that here at my house or probably even your house every time because we do this often. Um, that's when I go back with the Palo Santo and I use that. I think you actually explained it to me this way. Sage is going to get out most of it. Palo Santo is almost like you're getting the stuff that's stuck to the ceiling. Right. Like you explain you, yes, yeah. all that icky stuff that's left yep. over. So if it's somebody's house that is that I've never done before or or they've never done this before, I will go through with the Palo Santo um, and do the same procedure clockwise through the house, every closet, everything. And it takes a little bit of time. Um, now, about, I don't know, every six or eight times that I sage and I can't give you guys, I don't know if you can, a, a schedule that I do this on. I do it when it feels like mm-hmm. it needs to be done. So like like you were saying, if it feels heavy, if it feels icky in my house, if my argue, I'm arguing with my kids more than I normally mm-hmm. do, I'll do it then. Um, if I had to average it once every four to six weeks, maybe-ish, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, about, that seems about right. Yeah. If you wanted to keep it on schedule, you could always do it when the new moon or full moon come right. out. You That's know, a that good idea. That energy too, just to keep you on track. Yeah, but it's just kind of when I feel like it needs to be done. And I do tell my my peop, the friends and clients that I've done this for already, it doesn't always, it's, it's not going to change things the first time. You know, you will feel lighter. It will feel better. But we need to come back. And I'll usually come back within, you know, three or four weeks and do it again that first time if they've never done it before. Because there is so much residual energy in a home that's never been cleansed before it's going to take a minute to get it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, so be patient with that. Do you find that you can get it all out time number one? Uh, only because I also put energy into the space because I'm that certified Reiki master. Yeah, so I I've work never done with Reiki. energy. Um, so I don't necessarily need it. Yeah. I have to come back a couple of times um, or do it a couple of times. Um, but after, you know, like I said, every, I don't know, six months or so, I will just literally leave the sage in whatever container it's in that's fireproof in the middle of my living room and I just kind of let it burn itself out. Um, and it just mm-hmm. fills the house and it just kind of burns itself out. Again, my dogs are out. There's nobody home but me. My windows are open and I'll I'll let it just kind of simmer and, and, and clean everything that way. Now, I go back after that because from what I understand, Sage takes that negative energy out like a vacuum, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily, unless you put positive energy or energy back in, mm-hmm. now we have this empty vacuum mm-hmm. of a space. So I'll go back with sweet grass and usually burn sweet grass just you know quickly through the house. And that usually will put the positive energy back in there. You can, you can, if you're a Reiki master, you can, you know, put the positive energy back in there as well um, using that method. What are other ways to get that positive energy back in there? Um, just filling it with your intent, like mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier. So if you wanted to, let's say that you work from home and you're a writer and you're having writer's block and we sage the house and cleanse it and all of that, I would then say, you know, what do you? what is your intent? What do you want to put back in here? Right. If it's just a general happiness, then that's fine. I will work that back into the house as, you know, um, putting energy back into it. But if they wanted to undo their writer's block, you could burn certain incense and things like that. Um, it's just filling it back up with that intent. Yeah. I do like patchouli, though, too. Patchouli and sweetgrass, I think I use the most. And I love sweetgrass. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I was going to say something and I've forgotten what it was. I was actually just watching a documentary about food in different countries. And they were this guy was in Africa and the lady was actually um 
making tea or something with the sweet grass. I don't really? remember what she was doing with it, but it was something she was drinking it. And, and I think it was a tea. I'm not sure. I don't even know if you can do that, but I was like, well, I love sweet grass. I would wonder. It how- smells so good. <laughs> it does. It really does. I like it. Um, and you can buy sage that has certain things kind of built into the bundle mm-hmm. for different reasons, like lavender or whatever. I'm happy with plain old sage. White sage, yeah. I'm happy with plain old sage. Um, I'm not sure how much those other little things do that are added in there, other than just smelling, you know, makes it smell mm-hmm. a little bit better. They they say on the signs, you know, at the metaphysical stores, the different properties that they bring. Mm-hmm. I guess you could research a little more into that and see. Um, something else that I do at the end, I kind of do the blessing over the windows. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but again, if it's needed, I have holy water that I, I just use for that, um, which you can get at any. I went to the Catholic church down the street and they gave me a, a vat of it, yeah. of holy water. And they weren't going to charge me. I gave them a little bit of money, but just as a donation to the church. But you can get it pretty much anywhere. Um, but I'll do that on the windows. And then as just kind of a sealant, after everything is done and the smoke is cleared out, I, I put selenite, the crystal selenite, there's a wand in each of our windows. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, as, as it seals it, it kind of keeps it clean a little bit longer. Um, something else I've seen people do, I've never done it, and maybe you could speak to this, is do a salt um, ring mm-hmm. around your house, mm-hmm. like a salt perimeter around your house. And you can use regular old salt for that. You can use kosher salt, sea salt. I am partial to the sea salt. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, I, I don't know. I think it's just because we're in Florida and, you know, the beach is so cleansing. The mm-hmm. ocean is so cleansing. You can get in the water at the ocean and it's just, it just cleanses your aura. Um, but that's another thing that I've seen people do. I've seen, I've heard on TV, I've never used black salt. Have you? No. I've heard of black salt being used as kind of like extra strength salt, mm-hmm. but that might be something listeners want to look into as well. Yeah. Um, again, with the salt, it attracts energy. So you want to set your intention about what you're trying to attract. Um, salt isn't necessarily a cleanser, but it is an attraction. So, so just be careful again with it. I thought salt was a, like a detraction. No, it's an attractor. It attracts energy for sure. So why do they say to put it around the perimeter of your home? Um, to keep whatever you're trying to keep in, in. Because it, it, it's like a sealant. Barrier. Yeah, it is. It's okay. the sealant. Yeah. I always thought it was a sealant, but it's a sealant in a way that kept things away. Yeah. So let's say that your house is surrounded in a circle of salt on the outside. Mm-hmm. If anything tries to cross that barrier, the salt will actually soak in that energy, but it will it will kind of just It keeps it from going it. Yeah. into your house. Right, okay. right. Gotcha. I always thought it pushed it out. I didn't realize that it brought it to us. You could set your intention for whatever you want, I guess. But the 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 main property is to attract. Yeah. Interesting. I actually learned that when I was training, too, because I thought the same thing. I actually thought salt was a, cl- a great cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the lady who taught me everything I know said it's an attraction. So hmm. that's the way that I've always used it. What? This, this is off topic. But so one of the things that I have learned over time in, in researching this stuff is Salt baths are good for cleansing energy. Going into the ocean is good for cleansing energy. How does that work? So again, the salt soaks up whatever you're trying to get rid of. Let's say you're in a bath and you have salt, and you you're, you're trying to cleanse. Well, the soap will the salt will soak up all of that energy, and as you let it go down the drain, so does that energy. Okay. So it attracts it, it keeps it, and then it gets rid so of it. So it's just like a magnet. It's like a sponge. It is. It okay. Is. Very 
very cool. Well, that was interesting because I didn't know that about salt. I always thought it was a deterrent, like it just kept things away, but it's really just holding on to it and keeping yeah. it from getting into the home. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Very cool. So that those are just some, some ways that we do that. Um, again, I think a lot of it is intention, uh-huh. keeping that positive intention and knowing what you want the cleansing to do, knowing this is my, you know, I, my intention is for my home to be happier again. My intention mm-hmm. is for these arguments to stop. My mm-hmm. intention is for these things to happen. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing with residual energy. Like if I walk into a space, any space, it doesn't matter why I'm there or what space it is. I will see in the corners or anything like a sticky, gooey, residual mm-hmm. energy. And if I tap into that energy, I will hear shouting and arguing all the negative stuff in life, right? Or the negative emotions. And I'll I'll tap into that. What happens is if it's not cleansed, again, spiritually speaking, if it's not cleansed, then it can just keep broadcasting that same thing over and over. So if you feel like you know, like you were saying, if you bicker with your kids or whatever, if it's if it keeps happening, like after you cleanse your house, then maybe what you should do is deep clean it. Yeah. And that's when a professional like you or I could come in and, and kind of help with that. Uh, and something I didn't even mention this. I don't know if you do this when you're cleansing, but as I'm walking around in my head, I'm saying that intention or that mantra. Oh, and yeah. I, if I'm here by myself, I say it out loud. Um, I Mine is. Um, I think I say, I'm trying to make make sure it's exactly how I say it. I say, all of those that are here for light, or, or all of those that are here in light, love, and abundance may stay. Everyone else must leave. Mm-hmm. And I just say that over and over and over and over and over. I like to say it out loud because I like the noise. I like the vibrations. And I think mm-hmm. that chases the energy mm-hmm. out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also sets the intention of, Hey, if my grandma's here, you don't have to go. You're cool. Right. You know, it's just the things, the energies that are here that are causing distress. Right. Do you have a mantra or anything that you say? I do. I don't say the same thing over and over. I just channel it. Yeah. (laughs) I am a natural channeler anyway. So whatever spirit wants me to communicate. Again, every situation is different. So it's hard to treat it the same for me because it's different. So I I just walk in there and, and if I feel an energy in the room... I'll say one chant to get it out. And then mm-hmm. the next room could be completely fine yeah. and it doesn't need that chance. So I try to balance my energy with, with whatever. Oh, cool. So hopefully that'll give you guys a couple of ways to do this. Again, you can look online and there's lots of different uh, materials you can use. Oh, the sprays. We were going to talk about that. Yeah. So they have sage sprays and holy water sprays and all kinds of sprays that you can get that are a little uh, less harmful than smoke would be or whatever mm-hmm. if you can't handle that. Um, so you can actually spray. And then also what you can do to um, fill the space back up with intention and energy is you could spray certain things like lavender or rosemary or whatever it is that you're trying to do. We're going to have to do a segment on incense. oils and incense. and Yeah, we will. Yeah, because we're going to have to let people know what to use and what not to use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can use sprays, you can use the crystals, you can use all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. You can use wands. I have a wand I need to bring onto the show, but you can direct energy that way. Like if there was something in a corner and I didn't want to break out Palo Santos just for that one little thing, I can use my wand and direct energy to it to, to kind of blast it Is it like it a out. selenite wand? It is a clear quartz. Clear quartz. With, or that one might actually be amethyst. I don't know, but, um, you want to use whatever stone uh with whatever you're trying to do. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about crystals because we keep bringing those up. And I want to, or, or we had talked about today, going over and, and talking to listeners about clear quartz and kyanite because those are the ones that I, I use a lot. I'm not gonna say I use all uh, quartz. I use the most, but kyanite I use a lot. Yeah. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn this over to you and lean on you for this a lot because this is kind of your jam. This is what. Yeah. So clear quartz, which kind of look like this. Um, everybody kind of knows what a clear quartz is. Yeah. This is the go-to stone because it does a lot of cleansing without you doing a lot of stuff. So if you just carry this on you, it kind of creates a field around you, kind of like on the rim pod, how it creates that field, right? This is your rim pod. This is, it creates a field around you and it doesn't allow things to penetrate that field that don't have good intentions. And it cleanses your aura at the same time. This is your minor cleansing when it comes to aura and things like that, or whatever you're trying to do with it. The kyanite is your deep cleaner. This right here is kyanite, and it's blue. Um, they do have a couple different kyanites, but the blue one is the go-to. And the blue kyanite is something that I love to use before a session, before a reading. Mm -hmm. I like to run it through my entire aura a couple times if I have to. And what that's doing is it is pushing out automatically for me. I don't have to use my own energy. It's using the energy of the stone to push out anything that I don't need in my life, right? Mm -hmm. in, in my aura, whatever, so that it doesn't interfere with that session. Earlier, we were talking about a, a person who allows things to interfere, but it, it, what they should do is they should take the blue kyanite and push out all of that stuff from their aura so that, you know, when you do your spiritual work, there's nothing there that interferes with it. Clear quartz is kind of the carry around everyday stone. Kyanite, you want to break out when you need that deep cleaning. I like quartz, too. Um I found that it's almost like an amplifier as well. So yes. if I'm working with another stone, I can add the clear quartz to that yes. and it will mag it, it amplifies it. It makes it, it a little stronger than what just the regular stone by itself would. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is really good for psychic work. Uh, again, for that amplification um, to kind of broadcast that you are ready to work spiritually. And that's again, why I use it before session. Yeah, I like it. What are your thoughts on natural stone versus tumbled? I don't think there is. You don't a think there's a difference? No. I mean, you can't. This stone has been through more hell than just a little tumbler. It right. is not going to matter. It has grown over God knows how many millions of years or whatever. So I personally don't think that there is a difference as long as the tumbled stones are not dyed or treated in any way that's going to interfere with them. Some stones, very rare. No, not very rare stones, but uh, just a very few select stones are better when they are heat treated. So that can actually amplify, so to speak, their ability and what they can do. Mm -hmm. uh, diamonds are a good one, you know, things like that. Um, but speaking of these two, like, yeah, it does. It can amplify and things like that. And um, it's just a really good stone to use overall, blue kyanite. Yeah. I like I, I like the quartz. I I use the quartz one all the time, and I'm very tactile. I like sharp, pointy things because I'll sit there, oops, and I'll keep it in my left because I put just about everything in my left hand. Yep. But it's um I I just like the edges. I yeah. like that's why I like the rough stones versus the tumbled stones. But there are some tumbled stones I have that have little divots 
in them mm-hmm. just because I like how they feel in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I know that's silly, but I don't know. It's not. It's I like based it. on what you want. Like if you were, if, I like to 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 use natural stones. Um, I do have tumbled stones, mm-hmm. but these are really good. I love to make like little jewelry pieces and stuff with these. Just the naturalness of it. I like that. Yeah. Um, some people may want to use tumble stones. Maybe they think that they're pretty or whatever the case is. I honestly just don't feel a big difference. Yeah. They're tumbled. I think it's a personal thing. Like I, like I said, I'm more tactile. So it's how it feels in my hand when I pick it up, whether it's tumbled or whether it's Speaking natural. Speaking of which, I have tiger's eye that were obviously smoothed and tumbled right. and things like that. It's going to serve the same purpose as a rough stone would. Right. And if any of you disagree, I'm open to that. You can definitely comment and let me know how you feel about tumbled versus um, rough stones and, and which one you work better with and why. I want to know why. But to me, no different. And I like the stones, too, that they have shaped into because they do different things, like the ones that are triangles or the ones that are pyramids or like the towers. I love like I have a, yep. a tourmaline back there that's a tower. I like that. I don't know. I just... That's, sometimes that, that is a good point because mm-hmm. if they are pointed like I was talking about my wand mm-hmm. earlier it has that point you can direct energy from that point like if you have a a triangle you direct energy right. out of that so that is a good a good and thing that has to be man I mean that has to be created it can't be right it's not it's I guess it could you could well, find this one is in a nature rough stone with that a is point. a rough stone you with can, a point you can use that but you can do so many different things with um uh, tumbled stones you can incorporate different stones into it and you know do all kinds of stuff as long as again as long as they're not dyed with color Artificial, and things yeah. like that um you definitely want to make sure that you're getting a real stone that's tumbled but yeah. mm. let me know what you think i'm curious yeah i don't i don't think there's much of a difference either now i think that we have to when we are buying stones have to be careful of lab made the ones that are made in labs because those are becoming a lot more popular Mm-hmm. Um, or lab made stones, even in the jewelry stores, mm-hmm. you know. So, my personal opinion is, I don't think lab made stones, artificial stones, are going to have the same energy that that natural stones will. Obviously, right. And I think I agree with that because, um, let's say this clear quartz obviously came from a mine somewhere. Mm-hmm. It has soaked up so much of the Earth's energy. It was trained. It was programmed to do its job. If you created a clear quartz in a lab, it doesn't have that energy. It doesn't work necessarily the same. And I'm a little mad right now because I have lab created diamonds. Do you? <laughs> I do. And I just realized exactly what you're saying. It doesn't have, it doesn't soak up that energy from the earth. It is different. Diamonds are really good for clarity. Hmm. That's why I love them, right? I love diamonds, but they are really good for clarity. Um but yeah, that's a really good point. They don't soak up all of the energy. They're not programmed. They're made in the lab. Yeah. Hmm. And a couple of things, guys, just to kind of give you, because we're going to talk about crystals more and more and more throughout the show because they are a big part of this. Um, ways to clean them, these two crystals particularly. I put them in the moonlight when there's a full moon. That's a good way to do it. And honestly, that's the only time I really mess with it unless I'm using them heavy, heavy, heavy. Once a month, they go outside in the full moon and we move on with the day. Some crystals, though, um, you can put in in salt water to cleanse them. This one you can. I would not recommend it with kyanite. Um, mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that you know the stone isn't absorbent. You want to. Yeah. There's certain properties that you don't want to put into water. Um, Moonstones love water. Moonstones. Right. Um, you also stones are actually very picky about how they're cleansed. Honestly, because they? they're either a moon, a sun, or water. 
So some of the stones want to be um, cleansed in the sun. Things for strength, like tiger's eye and things like that. Things for clarity are moon, more of that, you know, that type of energy. So, yeah, we should, we should, these are really good moonstones. Really good. My crystals, my bigger crystals, now I have some that are in like boxes and stuff behind me that are smaller, but my bigger ones stay in my windowsills mm -hmm. to be in the sun all the time. Yep. My brother will come over and go, oh, cute, they're sunbathing. Stop it. I mean, they kind of are. <laughs> they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> like come over on the full moon, they'll be moonbathing. Yeah. <laughs> They're going yeah, out and there. You, and if you leave them out in the full moon and the sun hit them, it's not going to hurt no. anything. Uh -uh. Absolutely. But if you really want to cleanse them, you want to make sure that they either love or hate the sun or or whatever with the moon too. So, yeah. yeah, and selenite too. I I you can put some of them on selenite, and the selenite will just clean them. Yep. That is, I was going to say, selenite oh, okay. is the extractor for, yeah. it is the sun or moon for those stones. I actually do have a selenite bar. Most people have yeah. them, but they don't use them properly because they just keep that selenite there. There are so many purposes for that selenite. You literally can put your stones on the selenite and allow that selenite to kind of quick cleanse them for you. Yeah. It's not a, a, a solve all type thing, but it does temporarily cleanse them for you or it can charge them again stones are picky about that kind of stuff and when you were talking earlier about when you pick out stones you want to be careful it made me think this you don't actually pick out a stone oh yeah a stone picks you out so the way that i like to do this when you're buying a stone you go into the store and you see all of these thousands of stones what you want to do is you want to just feel the vibration around them. Put your hands above the stones. You'll feel a slight vibration. Even if you're not intuitive, um, you'll still feel something. Or I've literally had it where stones will fall off the shelf. And I'm like, yep, there you are. Guess That's I'm buying it. you today. Yep. So there, there's a couple different ways. But yeah, you don't buy them. They buy you. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and I touch everything. And you can ask. I have a, a, one of my girlfriends, Karen. She tells me all the time. She's like, stop touching things. You touch everything. But I will. I'll go in and there'll be, you know, a bowl of, of rocks in the metaphysical yeah. shop. And I pick them all up and I touch them. And that's how I know that's the one for me. Because it, it just it feels right. It feels right in your hand. Yep. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot to stones. That's the basics of those two. Yeah, and um, these are pretty much ones that, these are kind of staples. You know, these are ones oh, that you want sure. in your kit for sure. Like number yeah. one. On top of a jet stone, some kind of a black, black stone yeah. for protection. So yeah, we'll be, we'll, we'll do this little segment until we run out of stones, which will take forever. <laughs> um, but I do next time really do want to talk about protection stones because okay. that's a big thing too. We always need to be protected. Yep, absolutely. And that, if you carry those, they're kind of like an autopilot for you. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then the last thing we're going to do today is a new segment. I'm so excited about it with our psychic games. Yes, psychic games. So do you want to start us out? Go ahead. So something that I find that's really fun to do, and it's great practice when you're developing psychically, Yes, is playing these little psychic intuitive games. And I, you can do them on the road. You can do them anytime oh, yeah. it's a lot more i mean i can you can do them by yourself but it's a lot more fun with a person with a mm -hmm. partner so if you have somebody in your life that you can do these games with it's a lot of fun um we're gonna share some of them throughout the next several episodes um one that you started me off with was a psychometry test okay and, and psychometry is yes, go ahead 
So psychometry is another modality of metaphysics. It's touching, feeling, picking up on that energy. That's how people read. If you've seen shows where they've done psychic reading, sometimes they'll say, give me a piece of jewelry or mm -hmm. a book or something that was that person so that I can feel the energy on that. That is psychometry. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what it is. I wanted to tell people before they're like, no, I'm glad you did. Cause I sometimes forget. <laughs> and I think that psychometry is something that I am a little better at than some of the other things, the other players is cause I, again, I touch everything. I, I, that's just me. Like I can touch a wall and feel energy. It's just uh, an ability that I have. And it was something that you started me out with. You handed me a box and you went, tell me about this. Mm -hmm. And I think I was able to tell you like it was your grandfather's and he had yep. a boat and like, there was like all these other things um, so a game that you can play is you just get a box. Let me see if they can see it here. Can you see it? Yeah, you can see it. So you just get a box. Have someone put something in it. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Have someone put something in it. Um, actually, you explain this because you, you explained it to me. Yeah. So basically what you want to do is, like you said, put something inside of the box that you don't know what it is. And the goal here, if you're starting out, is not to guess the item immediately. What you want to do is you want to slowly work through it. So let's say that in a box, we put a red piece of paper with numbers all over it. And I handed somebody the box and I said, feel the box. Tell me about the box. What is the box? But eventually we'll get to what's inside of the box, right? It's not for you to say there's a red piece of paper with numbers on it, right? No, it is. I see something square. I see something red. You want to slowly work through those until you put the bigger picture together. And then once you know it's red and it's square and and something tells you how it feels, it's soft to the touch. It's uh, what do they call this? Malleable. Yeah, malleable. Flexible, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's that. And so based off of that, you could probably use your physical mind to guess what that is and that's kind of exactly how psychic work happens we psychically see what it is and then we put a story uh together mm -hmm. based off of that information so again slowly work through it before you do this though you want to do your meditation your pamp right yes. your prayer affirmation meditation and protection you want to do that so that you're grounded and that you're spiritually open enough to receiving the information that's in that. And then you would go to your guides and then you'd have them bring forth information and all that stuff. Uh, that's basically how it works. Once you, in psychometry especially, once you touch the box, you're going to get information about that box, where it came from, blah, blah, blah. But then you'll start to get information about what's inside of it. And part of our psychic games is that what we're going to do is we have put an object in this box and we want our viewers or listeners to go into that uh, meditative state and try to determine what's in this box. When are we announcing that? Because we end, are actually at We're at the end, but you guys can start doing it now. What do you think is in that box? What you're going to do is just kind of tune in to what you think is in here. And it can be done. I've done this over in class, virtual classes when COVID was happening. They would put in a picture in an envelope and yep. it was online. Like I couldn't touch it. And you can still pick up mm -hmm. that energy. You focus on the box. Focus what's on inside the box. Clear your mind. And the first thing that you think of, hang on to that thought. Don't want to doubt it. You don't want to second guess yourself. Mm -hmm. Trust the information. Yeah. And even if you have to write down every thought that's currently coming to your mm -hmm. head, even if it's, oh, I got an electric bill to pay, write it down 
A, to get it out. Yeah. But B, maybe electric bill goes to some. It doesn't. I'm saying it doesn't. I'm going to tell you that right now. It does not. Um, but it's just an example. Write it all down mm-hmm. and then pick out the pieces that you think and then put something together based yeah. off of that. And and you can ask questions like, do I think it's soft or hard? Do I think it's right. what color do I think it is? Um, is it something that what shape? Yeah. What shape? What does it have numbers on it? Does it have writing on it? Anything like that that you can think of to ask, how would you describe an object to somebody? All of those characteristics you want to sort of ask yourself about this object in the box. Yeah. So in the comments, feel free to to guess, so to speak, what's in the box. Or if you need help and you can't do it, let us know. And, you know, we can reach out and maybe try to help you out a little bit. But um for sure, start to develop an image of what is in that box. And another way to play psychic games without the podcast, when I first started out, I did this a lot, the weather. I would not watch the weather, and I would try to determine what the weather was going to be for the next day. And if I was wrong, I would take that, and it wasn't necessarily me being wrong, it was a misinterpretation. I would take that and I would say, okay, I saw 68, but today it's only 70, right? And I would say, why did I see 68 and why is it 70? Well, that's pretty close, right, on the scale. But then if I see rain and it's sunshine, and why did I see that? What is interfering with my ability to tap into the future? And And maybe even it's a a crisscross of of feeling because sometimes if you feel rain – but you're seeing sun, well, maybe that feeling is sun and not rain. Right. And that could be, it could be a sign or a symbol for what the sun actually means. You'd be surprised at sign and symbols and how they mean completely different from what they are. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So it's important to document this whole experience so that you can learn your signs and symbols and what things mean. And when you feel that, what does that mean? So there's plenty of ways to play psychic games, but I thought we'd bring it on the po- I, we thought we'd bring it on the podcast and and see how people like it. So yeah, so this would be the first one. We have a list of them that we're going to show you guys and 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 explore with you guys. Um, some of them will have immediate feedback so that you can you know automatically get your results. Um, but they are really really good ways to to fine tune that ability. Also, too, we're not going to reveal what's inside the box on the podcast. We're going to post it on our Instagram and Facebook. So you guys will have to check out our Instagram and Facebook to find out exactly what's in the box. But continue working on it until then. We'll post it in the next day or two. And then so, yeah, you'll have to go over there to find out what it is. Other than that, I think that wraps up our episode. Yeah. A lot of fun talking about stones and playing a little game and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of good stuff today. That's a good information. Um, So this is going to be towards the end of May. This one will be published. Yes. um, Yes, we're pre-recording this weeks in advance. We are. I'm going out of town. I'm going out of the country for a couple of weeks. And then my son's having a little bit of surgery. So there's going to be a pause in recording. So we're recording this in advance. Um, I know, I think we said that we were going to do the lighthouse episode, uh, or, or go over the evidence from the lighthouse in this episode, but we're going to push it off guys for another, uh, couple of episodes, just because there is a lot to, uh, of, of evidence to review and a lot of stuff to go over. And we want to do it the best that we can. As Ronnie says, we want to be perfect. 
we're going for perfection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we want to be sure we have it all covered before we present yeah. it to you guys. The very first investigation, it was kind of wonky. We talked about it. We posted stuff, but it wasn't very organized. Mm-hmm. The last one was a little bit more organized. We video edited. We talked about it more. We included the sound bites. So we're, we're working learning. on it. We're learning. Um, and so we want to take that time to really impress you guys with our stuff mm-hmm. and, and to really differentiate the the real from you know fake and all that and so uh yeah we just want to take our time with it plus again you'll be out of town and we don't do investigations every single week or every single day so we also want to spread it out you know and you guys are, are more than welcome to let us know what you think about it um as far as like posting how often you want to see investigations and things like that uh, but and yeah, if you have somewhere you want us to investigate, let us know, especially yes. if you're local, Northeast Florida, even Central Florida. Yeah, and you don't have to live. You can live in a house that was built last year. Right. It doesn't matter. There's energy on those grounds or there's energy that is with you or whatever the case is. There's always energy somewhere. And if you think something is in your house or you just want more in, in, of an investigation into it, then We'd feel love free to, come to reach out, out yeah. to blackcreekparanormal.com. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. Thank you so much.